Hey friend, have you stuck with me through this whole Curriculum Hunter series? If you have, then you know that I've gotten a little wild with the alliterations. So we've talked about the foundational W's. We've talked about the three C's of curriculum choice, the three R's of smart curriculum investment, and the three P's of curriculum customization. And in this episode, we're going to talk about what do you do when you need to change your curriculum. And it's when, not if. And of course, there's alliteration for that too. So if you're ready for three S's, then grab whatever you're drinking right now and let's dive in. Have you ever felt overwhelmed by homeschooling? I don't know about you, but sometimes as a homeschooling mom, it feels like I have so much on my plate that I can hardly catch my breath. Well, if you've ever felt that way, then you're in the right place because this is the Catch Your Breath Podcast. I'm Inga Masick, certified life coach and a mental wellness advocate. With over three decades in education and over 10 years homeschooling, I'm right there in the trenches with you. In this podcast, we're going to dive into some actionable strategies that are not only going to help you manage your stress, but also help you to have more joy, freedom, and balance in your homeschooling journey. So if you're ready to go from simply striving to truly thriving, then let's breathe through homeschooling together. Are you ready? It's time to catch your breath. Hello, hello. Welcome to another episode of Catch Your Breath. I'm excited that you've joined me again. And if this is your first time, welcome. I'm excited that you're here as well. As you know, we're in our Curriculum Hunter series and we're actually at our last episode. And so this episode is going to be fun because we're going to talk about something that is going to happen. I'm going to tell you right now, if it has not happened, if you're brand new to homeschooling, and you've gone through all of the steps that I've talked about in the other parts of the series, you've chosen your curriculum, you have what you need, I'm letting you know you still will probably end up changing curriculum at some point. And let me stop saying probably, you will. You will change curriculum for many reasons, but I want to give you a couple of things to look for to help it to be a little smoother when you're transitioning, when you're making the change. But before we do that, we've got to check in. So how are you doing? How is your homeschool going so far? I hope that you are finding space and time for yourself. I want to tell you about a challenge that I'm doing for myself that I'm going to be sharing over in the Facebook group. And so you're going to have to go over there if you're not there. I know that one of the things that I love to do is read. But when I am reading... I feel like it has to be something that is going to help me grow or help me to do better, to, you know, improve on something, to learn something, all of that. It's how I've always been. I love nonfiction. I love, you know, self-help books, religious books, whatever you'd call it. But a few decades, and that's crazy to say, but a few decades ago, one of my teachers introduced me to a series that was a novel and I said I don't read that but I did it and I truly enjoyed it and I read I want to say the first three and I have not done that since then and so what I am challenging myself to do for the month of October is to read for enjoyment and really it's to read for enjoyment but to do something for myself for enjoyment for 15 to 20 minutes per day every day during the month of October. 
And here's why this is significant for me, because me choosing to read, and I got my two books already, and I'll share those in the group, me choosing to read something solely for enjoyment feels unbelievably uncomfortable. And I know that sounds crazy, but it's so true. It feels like a waste of time. With all of the things that I have on my plate, I'm like, really? You're going to spend 15, 20 minutes reading a book that's not going to teach you anything? It's just going to be enjoyable? I don't even know what that's like, but I'm going to try it. Because I know that I need to set aside some time to practice. Like this is This is what's crazy about it. The reason why I'm doing it is because I feel like it's very necessary for us to be intentional about flexing those enjoyment muscles. The muscles that we use, you know, for everything else that we do in life, we have to, you know, use them. We have to practice them. We have to make sure that they are being worked. But I feel like sometimes as moms, especially as homeschooling moms, Everything we do is intentionally for somebody else or for some specific thing. And so the enjoyment isn't necessarily for just enjoyment. Even when I sit out on my porch, I love to sit on my porch and I'll sit out there for, I try to do it 20 minutes a day. I thought that that was counting as that, but I realized that I was using that time for reading my Bible, doing my devotions. And while that's enjoyment, I feel like that's also to help me. That's also to to make me better, to draw me closer to Christ. And so I wanted to do something that was solely for just having fun. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm going to be doing that for the month of October. I'm going to challenge everyone inside of the group to do that as well. And one of the other things I'm kind of adding to that is it was just my daughter's birthday and she wanted this thing called Miniverse. I don't know if you've ever heard of these, but they're these little, I guess you want to call them toys, miniature replicas of things that we use every day. And she likes them before and they were kind of cute to have like the little cereals and all that stuff, but I wasn't, you know, just like, oh, that's cute. But the miniverse ones now are the kind where you actually can make the thing and then it hardens. So for instance, we made, um, she made like some cheesecake with just some resin and then you get to put the icing and like all that stuff. It's just, I know it sounds really weird, but it was so cute and so she had so much fun and I was curious and wanted to do it with her and I did it with her and it was fun (laughs) and it felt weird. That's the thing. It felt weird to have that kind of innocent fun. And I thought... I need to do more of this. I need to do more of this with her because a lot of times anything that I'm doing with my children always has some other thing. Anyway, join me in the group if that's something that you're interested in because we're going to just take some time, 20 minutes a day to be intentional about having fun. You get to choose what your thing is. could be reading a book. It could be whatever it is. I'm going to put some parameters around that, that it can't be like exercising and stuff like that because I know that's killing two birds with one stone and we're not going to do that. All right, so now let's get to the business of the day. We are talking about when we have to change curriculum. And that is one of those things that I think can cause you stress. It can make you excited in some ways because it can be liberating and you can feel like, okay, I can actually make this choice because I have the freedom to do it. But also it can be daunting to think that you have to go through the process again. And now you found this this thing that you thought was working. It's not working. And now... How much time have you lost? Just all of that. Just all of the thoughts and the questions that you are going through. But I want to help you to be able to breathe through this because it is a natural part of your homeschooling journey. Part of homeschooling is going to be trial and error. And 
when you feel like something is wrong with that, I want you to understand that that's the same thing in teaching, same thing in being a principal, in so much of the the careers we've had some of it is some trial and error and it's not that you're just doing all willy-nilly whatever you want to do just throwing up things and being like whatever but there is a part of it that you are learning as you're going definitely you're doing your research you're doing all those things but you are learning as you're going and so I want to encourage you that when it comes time to make that change, that you remove all of the guilt that you may feel about thinking that you made the wrong choice, you wasted time, you, you know, you wasted money, all of those things. Try to remove that and move forward with a plan. So as you're starting to think about changing, there are two indicators and I say two, but two groups, two sets of indicators that can help you to know that it might be time to change. And so one set of indicators is the emotional and the other is the practical. I think if you've listened to the series, you heard about me talk about the change that we had to make when I did the curriculum based on what I knew that I love, which is reading to my children and then had to make that change. And even as I've had to make some changes based on the season of our family, um, what we were doing, the children, when I had newborns, all of that, some of that has been emotional. Some of that has been practical. And so as we look at some of these, we're going to talk about what are those indicators. And I want you to just, as you are writing down, you're taking your notes, Keep these in your back pocket, not necessarily because now you need to go and test your curriculum, because if you're not thinking about changing it, if you haven't been thinking about changing it, don't let this be the thing that makes you want to change it. You know if you've kind of been thinking about this for a little bit, and that's what this episode is about, but you want to keep this in case you feel like you need to. So here are some emotional indicators that let you know, you know what, I might need to be looking for a change. And remember, this is after you have done, you've tried your customization. This is after you have made those choices. So if you listened to this Curriculum Hunter series and you realize that you didn't do any of the things that I talked about through getting up to choosing it and customizing it and you're frustrated with your, your curriculum, go back and see if there are some things you can do. Like go back and see if you can do some customization before you even try to change. Because I always say, you know, try to stick with it if you can. But as we're looking at these emotional indicators and the practical indicators, you'll see right away if you fall into one of these categories. Our emotional indicators are if you're feeling consistent frustration. If both you and your child are feeling frustrated on a regular basis with the learning process and you feel like it has to do with the curriculum, it's not explaining it well enough to them or there's just too many pieces in it and they're you're feeling like you they are not gathering all the pieces and it doesn't help you to explain it to them better that might be a clue that you you'll want to change because that frustration whether it's coming from your child or whether it is coming from you is going to impede learning you cannot learn when you're in a state of frustration and so you want to think about what is causing that frustration if, if it's the curriculum that might be a red flag for you the next thing is if you have a lack of enthusiasm, if your child is not showing any interest in the subjects or the activities or the things that are in it, and I always say, and if you are not, I, a lot of times, almost all the time, choose curriculum first based on me. 
And so I look at those things that draw me in, that seem easy, as we've talked about in some of those other, in some of the other episodes, I'm looking at those things first. But as I'm looking at that, if I am extremely enthusiastic about it and my child is not enthusiastic, now I will say in a situation like that, I must will always look for how can I customize it? How can I help them to be more enthusiastic by pulling in their thing? But if I'm noting, noticing that it's just not going to work, it's taking too much effort, that might be something that is a red flag that you might need to change. If you're feeling overwhelmed, and you know that overwhelm is a constant overwhelm. Every single time you sit to plan, every single time you start to teach, you're just like, oh my gosh, this curriculum it's just it's too much it's too much work to do it's too much planning to do it's too much understanding there's too much background I have to do before and when you think about it you're just like oh then that might be a red flag if you're having anxiety or stress if it's noticeable that you're feeling anxiety if it's noticeable noticeable that your child is feeling a high level of anxiety or stress during the learning time when you get ready to do that particular subject with that curriculum that might be an indicator and definitely you're looking at many things because if it's a subject that they're already stressed about or one that they've struggled in it could be that so i'm not saying that it's automatically the curriculum that's why we're taking many things into consideration but it's something that you want to have a red flag and say hmm, i wonder always go back to Am I able to customize it? Am I able to make it a little more practical for me or for them? Am I able to make it something that they can understand? We'll look at all of those things first, but we want to put our flags up if we notice that there's a lot of anxiety or stress around that. If there is a disconnection where you're feeling emotionally disconnected from the educational journey because of the curriculum and you're feeling like when you sit with that, it's just a tax to check off on the box and you're like here we go with this thing again and there's no joy there's no pleasure ever with it because there's some points in every curriculum where it's not going to be your favorite subject where they're going to have to dive deep in a way that maybe is not exciting then that's normal but if every single time you're just feeling completely disconnected from it and you're just it's sucking the joy out of the homeschooling experience that's something that you want to consider so those are the emotional indicators and then there are some practical indicators the practical indicators are going to be if it's not meeting the educational goals if you're feeling like your children are behind on their educational milestones or their objectives because of this curriculum then it may not be for you if you're feeling like it's going so quickly, it's accelerated and your child is struggling, even though you know it's supposed to be amazing in what it's doing, but your child is struggling and you're seeing that frustration over and over again because of how quickly it's moving through material or how it, or if it's not explaining, then you know that, okay, that's probably not the one for you, especially if it's not meeting those educational goals. If it's time consuming, if it requires you to have a whole bunch of prep time, and a whole bunch of learning time, like the learning code for you even is huge before you can teach it to your child, that might be a red flag. Now, if it is a subject that you have not taught before, that you have struggled with or are struggling with, it might there might be somewhat of a learning curve. But this should not be every single day because the teaching guide is supposed to equip you to teach. It 
it should not cause you to feel like you have to learn all of it before you can teach it. You should be able to take it and kind of understand the concepts to be able to do the next thing. In a situation where you're like, but it's the high school chemistry and it's just not, no matter what the chemistry book is going to tell me, I'm not going to be able to do it, then obviously you can definitely outsource that. But as you're thinking about the curriculum, it should not be something that the planning part of it and the preparation part of it is causing you so much time that you cannot actually do anything else. And think about that in terms of if you were to have that across reading, writing, math, science, social studies, that's you're not going to be able to do that and burnout's going to be quickly up on the horizon. The third practical indicator we want to think about is the resources. So if it's a resource stream where it's consuming too many resources, you got to get several books, you have to constantly be in the library and that's not your thing, or it's challenging to find those pieces, or it's a science curriculum and the things that they're asking you to to get, you cannot find them, or you've got to pay an exuberant amount of money just to have it, to be able to give the child what they need to do that project or whatever it is, that might not be for you if that's something that you're not interested in doing. Going on hunts constantly for resources the books that they're you know the novels those type of things you're spending so so much time doing that that you're actually not teaching that might be a red flag that this is not the curriculum for you number four is if you have a lack of flexibility so if it doesn't really allow you to do any customization and you recognize that as you're using it you'll need to it might not be for you if you need to customize something and it is not something that you can customize it's not going to work for you because you're constantly going to be feeling like this is going too quick or too fast or too slow or whatever it is. And I've got to do something else, but you're going to feel like your hands are tied and you're not going to enjoy it, which is going to going to cause the frustration. So if it doesn't have any flexibility in pacing or any of those things that we talked about in the customization, then that might not be the curriculum for you. If it really makes learning inconsistent because Every single time you have to learn something new or do something new, you have got to get ramped up and onboarded for that unit, that chapter, and it is causing so much time for you that you're feeling like it's pausing and interrupting the flow of learning. It may not be the curriculum for you. Keep in mind that when we talk about all of these different things, that is why when we talked about choosing and the customization and all of that we kept talking about the support because some of these things you can actually work around them if you have support from other people who are using it because you can go and ask them how did you do this and give me your tips and you can see those things that they did to make it easier but if there is no support if there's no way for you to be able to reach out to anybody to get some help in troubleshooting to be able to look at it and say all right this doesn't work how did somebody teach this because I'm not understanding it it's going to be really challenging for you so that's why that whole support thing even with the practical piece if there is no support there's nobody who can help you support you you can ask questions about it might not be the curriculum for you especially if some of these other things are happening and you can't go to someone and say can you walk me through this So those are the indicators that you might need a different curriculum. You might even need a different approach. And so it may be that you thought, you know what, I really thought I was going to want to have a traditional approach. But as I'm working with my child, I recognize I might not want that. 
that is something to consider. And we're going to talk about that a little as we go down. But wanted to really think about those two things because the emotional indicator has value and the practical indicator has value. So if you are feeling all of the emotional things and it's nothing to do with practical, it's not that it's not meeting educational goals, it's not that it's time consuming, like none of that matters, but all of the things that we talked about with the emotional part is is happening, there's still value in that and it may mean that you need to change. Because if you are constantly stressed out, overwhelmed, having anxiety, not enjoying it, all of that, you are closer to burnout. You're on the brink of burnout because of that. And so we don't want that to happen. So definitely take that into consideration. All of those feelings, all of those things have value. So you now recognize that you've seen some emotional indicators, you've seen some practical indicators, or you're just like, I already know, I have to change curriculum. Like it's just not working for me. I thought it was going to, I've tried to customize, or I don't even have the energy to customize because you know yourself. And if that's not your thing, it's not your thing. What then do you do? Well, I want to give you the three S's of making a change. And I believe that with everything, and that's just what I believe, is that we should be intentional. Because if we take intentional action, then I think it just starts to bring the stress down because now we have a plan, a strategy. So we're going to look at the three S's for making that train, that change. The first S is self-assessment. When we think about the indicators that we see, before we just jump up and make the change, go back and look at your three W's. Look at your why, look at your what, look at your who, your who and determine Is the reason that the curriculum is not working because one of those have changed? Has your why for homeschooling changed? Has your what changed? Has your who, has your child changed in some way? Which they can and they will. They have different interests. They have um, different struggles. Have you changed? Do you have some different circumstances? Have you now gone back to work and so you have some constraints on your time and so that curriculum is just not going to work anymore because you can't spend the amount of time that you did planning, preparing, or even doing it with your child. You need them to be a little more independent. Have you had a baby recently and so now you're kind of pulled with that because you have a newborn in it? Has your child graduated to a, a higher level and while it worked for them in the elementary age, it's not working for them in the middle school Or have your goals changed? Have you said, you know what, I I think that in this season of our life, I want to focus on this or I want us to really focus on this. Remember that that why, that what, and that who matters. And many times it's going to drive everything. And so as you're looking at the curriculum and the choice that you want to make, ask yourself, is the reason why it's changed because one of those three things have changed? And it may not mean that you're, you're going to keep the curriculum, but now you need to go back and make sure you have been very clear about that new why, that what, or that who, so that as you now go back into choosing again, now you're making a choice based on the current three W's rather than the past. After you've done the self-assessment, the second thing you want to do is now start to scrutinize the curriculum. And I know that sounds really uh negative but it's not what you're doing during this time is you are now critically examining what did and didn't work 
in your current curriculum. You know that you're going to make the change. And so now you're starting to see, well, what did I like? What didn't I like? You know why you chose it. And if you've done your self-assessment and you recognize, well, it wasn't, it isn't my why or my what or my who that's changed, because if that's the case, then we know we're going, now we have to start all over again. If it's the who, the the why, or the what, then we've got to go back to the choosing the curriculum piece. If, as we're looking at our self-assessment, we realize those three things have not really changed, there's nothing unique and different about that, then we start to look at what are the things that I love about this curriculum and what are the things that I just, I cannot stand. We want to make a pros and cons list and then consider as you're thinking about the pros and the, or the cons rather, are there things that you can customize? Because I'm always going to go back to, can you customize? That's going to save you time. That's going to save you money. That's going to help you to utilize what you have. As you're looking at those pros and cons lists, if on the cons list there are things that you can customize, then when we talk about the strategy, you will want to spend some time pausing and maybe spend and maybe go in and customize the curriculum. I want to encourage you that as you are scrutinizing your curriculum, just be honest and thorough with yourself because This is going to inform your strategy and then the change that you're actually going to make. If it's that there has, there had to have been some preparation and you just didn't have time for the preparation, be honest with yourself that that was the situation because as you're choosing the next curriculum, you can know I can't actually choose a curriculum where it's going to require me to do a lot of preparation because I don't want to do it or I just don't have time to do it. As you're thinking about like the ramping up that you have to do, which could be that you have to learn some things as you're moving into being able to teach it, be honest with yourself if you're like, I actually don't have the space, the time, the energy to do that. And so in my next curriculum, that's something that I'm not going to want. So that's why you're taking that time to scrutinize it. You do your self-assessment, you do the scrutiny of it, and then you have a strategy for changing. And this is your intentional way that you're going to transition from the old curriculum to the new curriculum. I believe that once you've decided that you're going to choose the curriculum, it doesn't necessarily need to happen tomorrow. You can decide, okay, we are going to finish this unit or we're going to finish this six weeks or we're going to get up to that chapter or whatever it is, we're gonna go to the break. Determine a time that you're going to make the change. And that's going to be key because when you know that the end is in sight, then you can now use the curriculum a little differently. You now know that you're scrutinizing it. So I would say to go through and do some of the different pieces of it to see what did you love about it? What felt good about it? What didn't feel good about it? Have you ever actually had an opportunity to do all the pieces? Just so as you're going to that next curriculum, you know, I liked that, I didn't like that, that worked, that didn't work. It took this amount of time, all of that. And as you're doing that, you're looking at how is your child responding? So a part of that strategy is talking to your child. If you know that they don't like it and you can tell many times, you can ask them why. Tell me a little bit about this curriculum. What And I wouldn't just say, why don't you like this curriculum? I might say, what do you like about math time? And see if parts of the curriculum come up. And what are the things you don't like about math time? What are the things that you wish could change about our math block? 
and do that with whatever the subject is that the curriculum is. When you do that, you're getting their information and it's going to help to drive your new decision and the new choice that you're going to make. You may have to go back to the choosing curriculum portion where we looked at some of those different P's and those R's. And so if that's the case, then go ahead and do that. Go ahead and go back and look at those three things again and I don't want to say feel like you have to start the process again, but the process gets easier each time because you're now doing the same thing. You know, you have this, this plug and play strategy. So, you know, okay, first I'm doing this, then I'm doing that, then I'm doing this and it can make it easier. This one goes back to what we talked about in choosing curriculum, where we talked about if you could find somebody who has the curriculum that you want to use. And that's because you want to give yourself an opportunity for a trial period, if at all possible. That may be a hard option. It may not be something that you're able to do if you don't have a community. But if it's possible, try to do that. Give yourself two to four weeks, maybe. Two weeks is, you know, the shortest amount of time I'd give myself and maybe four weeks to say, let me see. You know, if you think about a job, you've got that 90 day window where you're, you're trying to decide and they're trying to decide, decide that you're going to put your curriculum on probation, that you're saying I'm not making a final decision until I've had an opportunity to use it for a little bit. After you've given the trial period, then do a phasing out and then a phasing in. So you want to gradually phase out the curriculum. And so I would say as the phase out goes, your phase out could be that now you start to subtract some of the things that you did not like about that curriculum and you're only doing the things that you truly love as you're either waiting for the new curriculum to come in or as you're starting to transition. And then you now pull in the other curriculum and maybe not go in and do everything, but start to pull in some of the things that might have been familiar from the other curriculum and then start to implement them little by little until you're doing all of it. I call this at the beginning of the school year, my soft start. I don't usually start with every single thing we're going to do. I usually like slowly face things in one at a time, layer them so that we have an opportunity. Honestly, we do it because I want to work on some other things like character, work ethic, those type of things. But you can do that with your curriculum as well because it gives you an opportunity to get them comfortable in the routine transitioning and doing the new thing. We talked about that communication piece and that is with talking to your child, having conversations with them about the change that's coming. We're going to be doing some things different. This might look differently to you Um, and just kind of starting to walk them through that change is coming and that's okay and that you're honoring their feelings about this if they have anxiety about it if there were certain things that they didn't want to give up if it was mostly the practical piece and that emotional side for you that you're feeling like you you really need to make the change and they're struggling with it give them some time and some space to be able to transition into that and then review and adjust After you have given yourself the trial period, the transition period, then go back and do the reflection. Look at the effectiveness of the new curriculum and determine if it is working better for you. Are you seeing improvements in any of those emotional indicators or the practical indicators? Are you seeing any setbacks? One thing I want you to keep in mind is as you're choosing and changing curriculum, let's say I've talked about my fourth grade language arts, so let's keep that fourth grade language arts from one curriculum, 
can be drastically different from fourth, fourth grade language arts for another curriculum, especially in the homeschooling world, because it doesn't have a, a core, a common core that everybody's using and kind of trying to stay to. And keep that in mind as you transition. So if you're changing halfway through the school year and so you get a new curriculum and you say well we're going to start this curriculum halfway through because we've already done this other piece and your child is showing some signs of frustration because they're saying I actually don't know what this is I haven't done this before take a moment and pause and go back and see are there things that you need to reteach review that they need to relearn, that you need to look at the way they're teaching it in the concept and then get them ramped up on it. Think of it kind of like an onboarding that you may have to go in and say, okay, so in this curriculum, this is what we do. This is how we do it. And that's why I like that soft start because you can slowly start to layer in those different things. So the three S's of changing curriculum is going to be that you do a self-assessment, that you do some scrutinizing, that there's scrutiny of the curriculum that you have used. And I would even say some scrutiny of the curriculum going into it because now you're equipped with the tools to know what are the things that you really cannot have. And you can look at this new curriculum to say, does it have that? You're looking at what are the must-haves that I need to have in order to be successful or that my child needs. And so you're looking at the new curriculum through that lens, which is why I say that changing is not a bad thing. Having to change is not a bad thing. The time you spent on the old curriculum is not lost because you've learned some valuable information about what to do moving forward. So as we end this episode, I just want to remind you that when you have to change curriculum, which you will, remember that it isn't a sign of failure. Do not assign that as failure. Even if you are feeling like I made a mistake, I shouldn't have chosen it. Look at it as what did I learn from it? What did I gain? What did my child gain? What can we use moving forward? Even if you feel that the frustration was there for a long amount of time and you were like, you know, what? I should have done this earlier. It's okay. You learned something from it. And if you go through that strategy where you're actually looking at what you learned from it, you're going to notice that you truly did. When you are making that change and you know that you have to make a change, it just means that you're paying attention. It means that you're actually engaged in the learning process and you're seeing those things that need to be changed and then you're changing it. The stressfulness comes because it's a process that you're going through where you have to now make another decision. And this is weighted because it's our child's education. That's okay. I know I told you about with me that when I had chosen that math curriculum and it just did not work for us, that felt like a major failure because I had spent so much money and it was just didn't work for us at all. But I didn't look at it that way. I just thought, you know what, what did I learn about it, learn from that? And it truly has helped me as I've continued to make new curriculum choices because I'm able to look and say, oh yeah, I remember that that thing didn't work for me. Even the one with all of the reading, I look at when I'm making choices about curriculum, making sure that it has a balanced amount of reading because of what I learned from that time. So as I end this episode, I just want to encourage you. And I also want to invite you to go to the homeschool group because you there is value in the learning that you have done. And I want you to reflect on your curriculum journey and think about what is one aha moment that you've had that you wish you knew from the start. And that is valuable to you, but also it is valuable for the new homeschool moms who are coming. I can't wait to hear from you. And when you join, please 
let me know that you heard about the group on the podcast because that helps me to know that you're listening, that you're hearing, and that this has value to you. I cannot wait to see you in the community. And if I don't see you in the community, I'll see you right back here next time. Bye for now. If you have joined me through the entire Curriculum Hunter series and you've gained great insight, lots of information, but you're still feeling like you need some customized, individualized support in choosing your curriculum, customizing your curriculum, or going through the whole Curriculum Hunter series, then book a discovery call with me and let's chat about how I can walk you through this process specifically for you so that you can choose the curriculum that you need for your family with less stress and less overwhelm and more freedom. Look for the link in the show notes. Thank you for tuning in. I hope that this episode empowered, equipped, and most of all, encouraged you. Don't forget to share your thoughts on today's topics because I'd love to hear how you're implementing these strategies. And you can do that in the free community where you can connect with me and other like-minded moms. You'll get some practical tips for homeschooling and teaching your child, managing your stress, and prioritizing your self-care. You can also ask questions there. You can participate in the fun challenges. And of course, you can celebrate your wins because we like to party over there. Also, if this was helpful and you know that it can be helpful to someone else, leave a review or share this with another homeschooling mom who needs to catch her Mommy! Mommy! (laughs) Well, (laughs) that's my cue. But before I go, I want to leave you with these words from Philippians 4, 6-7. I pray that you won't be anxious about anything, but that in every situation, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, you would present your request to God and that you will experience the kind of peace that surpasses under Understanding as you navigate the stresses of life and homeschooling. Until next time, remember to take a moment to catch your breath. <laughs>